Now, over the last few weeks and months, we've had some very tough times in our luxury fashion business. You know, we've been crystallizing losses, we've been laying off staff, and there's been a lot of uncomfortable conversations. Now, whilst the good news is, you know, we're through the bulk of this pain now and it should only be up from here. You know, it hasn't been a fun time for anyone. You know, we've consolidated a couple of our brands. We've closed down a division. But the outcome is, you know, it's, we've got a better, more efficient, more profitable, more stable business that hopefully is capable of producing a seven-figure profit over the next 12 months. And you know, we've secured the future of the remaining staff and ultimately will deliver strong returns to investors and shareholders. But these positive changes are happening much later than they should have done. Fortunately, not too late, but definitely much later than they should have done. You know, why have they happened to? late well look like anything that happens in any of my businesses this was my fault you know i could have dealt with this at any point so i'm not making excuses but for various reasons i chose not to i ignored the warning signs i denied a lot of common sense and probably worst of all i broke my own rules you know as the ceo or as the owner of a business you're responsible for everything that happens within it every decision taken every mistake made these all come off the back of a plan that you put in place or a member of staff that you employed, or someone that you allowed to remain in that position. So passing the book is not permitted, and it achieves nothing anyway. So for anyone listening to this, it is not me slagging off other people. That could not be further from the truth. People who work closely with me in business have heard me say multiple times, you know, it's my fault for allowing to go on. I could have changed this at any point. So I think the lessons of today, unfortunately, are more a case of do as I say, not do as I do, because you need to learn from this by actually doing the opposite of what I did. So which of my rules did I break and what can you learn from them? I've come up with nine of them without, unfortunately, having to think too hard. Rule number one, a business is only a business if it makes money. When I was preparing to record this, I had a few notes down and I couldn't decide which order to put them in. But there is one thing that I think should clearly be first, and that is this, that a business is only a business if it makes money. Because otherwise it's just an expensive hobby or an ego flex. Getting an office, buying a laptop, employing a staff, you know, posting on social media, that isn't a business. Having a business means you're generating a profit, that you're taking out more money than you're putting in. And if you aren't doing that, or you haven't at least got a clear plan to see where and when you will be doing that, then you're just playing around. So don't kid yourself. Rule number two, don't believe people when they say our industry is different. Now look, you can replace the word industry with town, with city, and with a multitude of other words. I mean, do you know how many businesses I have entered where I've been told by people already in that business that, oh, this business isn't like all your others. Oh, this town, it's not like all the other towns you've been in. I mean, back in the early 2000s, my main business back then was nightclubs. And every time I buy a new nightclub in a new town, I'd go into this town and people would say, oh, it's different around here. And do you know how many times it was different? Not once. I mean, literally not once. It's all total bollocks because the international rules of business hold true everywhere you need to attract attention you need to build relationships you need to generate sales and you need to do all of that whilst controlling costs rule number three the economics of selling a commodity are never good now look a commodity is an item that is interchangeable with any other one something that a lot of other people are selling in our fashion business we were selling very high-end luxury shoes and handbags you know brands like balenciaga ysl versace etc now that may sound very fancy may sound very expensive but as a retailer of one of those products and that's the key point here a retailer of them not the brand owner itself these are just as much a commodity as a yellow high-vis jacket or as white paint you know we're selling the same product at the same price as any of our competitors we've got zero point of difference we've got zero control because the brand holds a gun to our head and they tell us what we can do what we can't do what we have to pay what we have to sell it at to get strong economics you've got to have a point of difference you've got to have a brand that you can control and you need a customer base who is desperate to buy your product above anyone else's rule number four once someone's off the payroll 
they don't give a fuck about you. Now, look, one of the main reasons I actually kept these business going in its old form for as long as I did is because I liked a couple of the key personnel involved. And it's not the first time I've done this, and I'm sure it won't be the last. Because at the end of the day, I do like to think I'm a nice guy, and I make a lot of decisions that aren't based simply on pounds and pence. Now, I'm not telling you not to have feelings here, but I do want you to not kid yourself that someone on your payroll is your true friend. Because when they've left you, they will never give you a second thought. It's every man, it's every woman for themselves. And that is unfortunately, you know, just the way the world works. Now, again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about people, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make some decisions that aren't based on financial logic. But I just want you to know, because you won't know until it's happened to you, that the chances of someone ever doing the same thing for you slim to none. So if you're making a decision based on emotion, then you need to make sure that you've got enough cash in the bank to back it up and don't kid yourself that you're doing it for commercial reasons. And also, don't be surprised if the favour isn't repaid. Rule number five, work expands to the number of people employed to do that task. I used to look at the staff in this business and regularly say, what the fuck are all these people doing? You know, and I was always giving answers that backed up that they were busy or that they were necessary in the business. I mean, personally, I could just never get my head around it and I would have never accepted that level of overhead in any other business that I've been involved with. Now, to be clear and to be fair to all the people involved here, I'm not saying for one minute that these people were doing nothing. But what I'm saying is that the work they were doing was unnecessary and it was generating no return on investment and it was adding no value. And these roles were either created out of vanity or insanity. During the rundown of this business, you know, we've laid off probably circa 80% of the workforce and it's had zero impact in the on the overall income of the business. And, unbelievably, all the staff that have remained actually still have the capacity to take on more work. Rule number six, you don't need a top accountant to know if you're making money. Or maybe I should say, you don't need a top accountant to know if you're losing money. Because every business owner or senior leader should be able to calculate their profitability within a 10% range of tolerance on the back of a napkin. You know your turnover, you know your margin, therefore you know your gross profit. You also know your overheads, or you should do, so you can deduct those and you know what your net profit is. I mean, it really is that simple. Now, if you don't know any of those figures, then you should be able to find them out or work them out in minutes. I mean, this particular business, unfortunately, was devoured of any competent accountancy support, but that shouldn't have been used as an excuse not to be aware of the basic financial metrics. Rule number seven, the only thing that matters is ROI. Now, I would never be considered frugal, but I rarely overpay for something without good reason or buy something that doesn't add tangible value. But because this was a fashion business, I mean, the absolute shite that I allowed us to waste money on was off the charts. I mean, we paid five times over the odds for a rebrand just because a designer probably once got his balls tickled by Gianni Versace in a Parisian toilet. We entered awards to rub shoulders with our equally unprofitable peers. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, and I'm literally cringing as I'm thinking about it while talking about it. But the point is made. What is the ROI that your spend is generating? Because if it isn't tangible and it isn't clearly positive, then don't spend it. Rule number eight, success leaves clues. The business within our fashion group are all existing businesses that we acquired that have operated historically for in excess of 25 years. Now, those previous operators must have been doing something right. Now, even if there's improvements that can be made, which they usually are, when you buy a business, there's clearly a core level of success that attracted you to the purchase in the first place. So to wholesale discount the previous owner or the previous management team would not usually be wise. If you're going to make changes, make them step by step and do it relying on hard data and hard facts. Rule number nine. You are only as successful as your ability to market. Now, it doesn't matter how good your product is or how pretty your branding is. If you can't attract customers in a cost-effective manner, then you're not going to be around for very long. 
Whether it's through paid search, organic search, social media, a sales team, you need a method of reaching your customers at a price that allows you to be profitable. Pretty much every market nowadays is a saturated market, so you are likely to have an uphill battle from day one. So you better have a very clear strategy for how you're going to overcome this or you're going to fall at the first hurdle. Now, look, I don't know if remembering all this and speaking about it was depressing or cathartic. I think that's the word, cathartic, isn't it? But either way, it's been an important exercise in hammering things home to myself, so hopefully that I don't slip up like that again. You know, I've lost millions and millions over the last 20 plus years to gain the knowledge that I've got today, and you get this from me for free, so please take advantage of it. Now, fortunately, I've made more money than I've lost, but you don't actually have to lose anything if you can take my lessons and avoid the mistakes that I've made.